You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. And welcome back to our final hour on today's Real Presence Live. I'm Teresa Curley. And I am Dylan Reinhardt. And it's just been such an awesome show, like just full of vulnerability and following the Holy Spirit and discernment. So mm, amen. it's been a really good day. <laughs> amen. Um, and we're going to talk with a brother who is preparing for his ordination, Brother Michael Joseph Donahue. Thanks so much for joining us, brother. Oh, absolutely. So glad to, so glad to be on. So, well, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and just what your life looks like right now. Sure, sure. So I grew up in, in Fargo, North Dakota, in, in that area. Um, grew up in a Catholic family, fourth of five children. Um, grew up going to the, the Catholic schools there. Uh, I attended North Dakota State in Fargo, go Bison. And uh, when I graduated in 2016, I entered the Dominican Order in the, the eastern part of the United States, uh, just three months later. And so after a, a one-year novitiate in Cincinnati, I've now uh, spent almost five years in studies for the priesthood in uh, Washington, D.C., at our House of Formation here, the Dominican House of Studies. And, uh, yeah, now I'm coming up on diaconate ordination tomorrow morning. Wow, tomorrow morning. That's awesome. That's right. <laughs> that is amazing. Well, congratulations, and thank you for your service to the Church. We'll be yes, praying absolutely. for you. Thank you. <laughs> but, Brother, could you tell us a little bit about your experience of the Catholic faith growing up? Like, have you always always been a faithful Catholic? Sure. Um, I would say I grew up in a modestly Catholic family. Like, it, it was certainly important. The, the faith was important to our, our lives growing up. I mean, we went to Mass every Sunday. Uh, all five kids went to uh, Catholic schools, so uh, kindergarten through, through 12th grade. Um, but it's, at the same time, it's not like we, we talked about the faith or like had deep discussions about it. Um, there was certainly the quiet witness of, of my parents. I, I, I should say that, especially my mother. There were many times where I saw her praying in, in her bedroom and what have you. Mm. Um, so that, that witness was definitely there growing up. Um, and I should also say that yeah, I'm really thankful for the, the pretty solid catechesis that I got uh, at the Catholic schools growing up. Um, in retrospect, I, I realized what a, a great benefit it was to have that. Um, I wouldn't say like that... Uh, yeah. So the, the faith was certainly important growing up, but I, I certainly struggled with it, especially like middle school and high school, uh, the, the typical ages where you, you start to see kids uh, really kind of question the faith and, and try to grapple with it and, and um, come to terms with it. So like anyone else during that period, I, I, I struggled with it. Um, now, that being said, I'm, uh, I really appreciate the, the strong witness of some of my close friends in high school. Uh, so they're, through their witness and insistence, they really kind of brought me back to uh, taking the faith seriously, especially in my senior year of high school. And then from there, uh, when I went to college at uh, NDSU, they have a very strong Newman Center there. And so uh, I was able to take full advantage of everything that they offered at the Newman Center and really dug into my faith uh, mm-hmm. at that time. Um, both stuff offered through the Newman Center, but also getting involved with Focus uh, at, at NDSU and everything that goes with that. Mm. So. 
That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that, brother. Um, mm-hmm. So we're down here at South Dakota State at the Newman Center right now. So fighting every urge with the Go Bison. But uh, that is, <laughs> no, I don't have any core with you. A good friend of mine is the team director up there at the Newman Center right now, Lexi Weber. So it's pretty cool yeah, hearing yeah. that that impact even back then that the Newman Center had on you. And just, I mean, the beautiful witness, too, of, of your family, of your mom and her personal prayer life that maybe you didn't know at the time but definitely carried on. Um, after the fact. So thank you for sharing that with us, brother. Um, so through all of that, where did that inspiration and that initial call to, to even consider discerning religious life in the priesthood come from? Well, I would say that the the call to the priesthood came first. That's what I, I first really considered. Um, and that came, I think, in eighth grade. Um, so I, I'm very thankful for the, the religion teachers that I had, and this particular religion teacher was introducing us to Lexio Divina uh, mm. in the middle of class. <laughs> and so, like, uh, several times we would just take time where we would, uh, she would read through the passage for us, and then we were to sit there and pray with mm. the, the scriptures. Um, mm. And she instructed us, uh, it was a bit of a guided meditation sort of thing, but she told us at the end, like, sit with Jesus and have a conversation with him. Mm. And so in the, in that time of silence, that's when the, the call really first came through, and it, it was really kind of clear and, and surprising. Um, and I don't think I was ready for it at the time. I, I, mm. I admit I kind of ran from it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it was when, in my senior year, when I, I began to take the faith seriously again, uh, that the call just like came back again. Mm. It was like, okay, I have to take this seriously. Um, and I, I, sh- I should also add that um, the influence of uh, spending time in adoration was huge. I'm so thankful that uh, at, at my middle school and high school, they, they had time for adoration regularly. Uh, mm. In the mornings before classes, but also on First Fridays, they would have the, the Blessed Sacrament exposed in the, the school chapel all day. And so the, those opportunities for adoration then uh, were really formative for me. Um, but then also when I went to NDSU, just the, the hours upon hours they had available for adoration. Mm. Uh, I think that they had like 12 hours on Tuesdays and Thursdays at the Newman Center and then another five hours on campus on Wednesdays. Wow. Uh, so just that availability to uh, approach our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament and that time for silence, that's when the, the, the call really became clear. Mm. Um, so, all throughout college, I was I had it in my mind that, okay, I should consider the priesthood, and if I don't drop out of uh, college to go to seminary now, I should uh, wait until I finish my undergraduate and then go to seminary. So I, I, I had that in my mind, and it eventually became clear that I should finish out my time at NDSU and, and uh, then look at seminary. But then in the Lord was working through that, because then in the middle of my time at NDSU is when I encountered religious life and the Dominican Friars. Mm. So it was actually through attending focus conferences uh, my first couple of years at NDSU, and through some chance encounters, and then uh, in, I think it was 2014, going on a mission trip through focus to Mexico City. Mm. Wouldn't you know it that the, the vocation director for my province was the chaplain for the trip. <laughs> <laughs> And so awesome. it, it was during that trip, again, in a time of adoration, where the, the Lord just laid it upon me. It's like, I want you to mm. consider the Dominican order. Like, okay. 
Huh. Here we go. Wow. wow. And what specifically attracted you to the Dominicans? Well, it was kind of everything together. I mean, of course, the vocation director talked all about the order during that, that mission trip. But then uh, in doing research later and, and reading about the order, um, I, it was especially a book by uh, one Father Paul Murray, The New Wine of Dominican Spirituality. Mm. Where he, it, was, it was a fairly easy read, but it, it just gave kind of a rundown of like what the life of the order is like. Whereas you have this balance of the, the liturgical prayer life, but you also have the community life, then a life of study, and then all of that is oriented towards the uh, towards preaching for the sake of the of uh, the salvation of souls, and just the, the mix of all those things together and how they they play out in the the day to day life. It was it just struck me as something beautiful and um, mm. yeah. Um, unlike some other people who like did research into to other religious orders and, and looked around, uh, I encountered the Dominican friars and was like, "This is it. Here we go." Mm. <laughs> Wow, what a beautiful clarity. (laughs) Amen. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, we're going to be taking a break here in just a couple minutes. But um, and after the break, I'd like to dive deeper into um, like how to discern a vocation and like what were key for you. Um, But you're getting ordained to the diaconate tomorrow. What is some of the preparation that you've been doing for that? Well... Um, of course, there's the practical preparations. So we, we had some classes last semester, like on what does the deacon do and how does he do it, and mm. uh, classes on preaching and all those sorts of things. Uh, more approximately, I just got back from retreat yesterday, so uh, there's nine of us being ordained. We went off to a Trappist Abbey in northern Virginia and spent five full days in, in silence there, um, just mm. living out the day-to-day life, mass, liturgy, the hours. But, yeah, just spending that time with the Lord. Um, yeah. Letting Him work in our souls to prepare mm. us for what's coming up tomorrow. Mm. That's really beautiful. And what are you feeling and thinking as you're getting ready for, like, this, <laughs> I don't know, this big step? Like, I'm trying to put myself in your shoes and, like, what does that look like? <laughs> well, I'm definitely nervous. Of course, mm. so that comes with the territory, but yeah, that, that's true of anything. Um, yeah, I, I think maybe I was more nervous yesterday, but that was just because I was coming out of retreat and then back into the, the <laughs> all the preparations that had to go on mm. uh, right. to prepare for tomorrow. But I think even today, we we had a rehearsal this morning for for the ordination mass and everything that we would do. It's like, okay, the Lord's about to do this. Um, mm. I, I trust that he has uh, prepared everything and that he will, um, yeah, that he will bring the, this good work to completion. Mm. So, so beautiful. Amen. Yeah, that's, that's so amazing. Um, it's just like that time in silence, spending that five days beforehand. Um, in what mm-hmm. ways do you think that has prepared your heart to receive that call to receive that solidification of that call to vocation? I think it's given a certain clarity because mm. like all the things of the world, they were cleared away and I could focus on just mm. what's coming up uh, and what the Lord was doing. Um, so it's giving clarity in that respect, but then also peace where mm. um, I trust that uh, God is at work with his grace. So through charity infused into my soul and then 
that charity brings uh, peace uh, as, as it's uh, bringing everything into back into order. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. That's How does amazing. it work? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Amen. Thanks for sharing that. <laughs> All right. We're, we're going to take a quick break. Stay with us and more to come with Brother Michael Donahue. Live, engaging, and local. This is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management's properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. For questions, Rose Management can be reached at 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. Did you know you can listen to the RPR Network when you're on the go? Just search for Real Presence Radio in your app store. Listen live to any station across the network at any time, so you can stay connected to your local community from wherever you are. Plus, if you miss a program, the Real Presence Radio app is your one-stop shop for local and national podcasts, including our signature show, Real Presence Live. The Real Presence Radio app, with you every step of your faith journey. Download it today and see what you've been missing. Does someone who takes their own life automatically go to hell? I'm Father Chris Alar. In 1993, my grandmother took her life, and for years I carried this burden because she committed a grave sin and had no time to repent. But the church states that certain mental conditions may reduce the responsibility of one who takes their own life. You are only eternally lost if you die in an unrepentant state of mortal sin. And for a sin to be mortal, three conditions must be present— And one of those conditions is complete free will. I don't believe many people freely want to take their life, so there is hope for their salvation. To learn more, please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. And thanks for staying with us on Real Presence Live. We're broadcasting from the Pius XII Newman Center in Brookings, South Dakota. I'm Teresa Curley, and I'm with Di- <laughs> I can't say your name. I'm sorry. Dylan Reinhardt. <laughs> that is okay. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, this morning we've been with Brother Michael Joseph Donahue talking about um, his discernment and his time coming in to the Dominican Order. Um, tomorrow morning he's going to be getting ordained as a permanent deacon with the Dominican Order. Um, so Brother, thanks for being with us this morning. Where we left off was talking um, a little bit about that silent retreat before your ordination and how you're preparing for the ordination. Um Jumping into, like, yeah, 
into your discernment, specifically with this vocation, you had mentioned how initially you heard this clear call, you know, and it kind of scared you away and you, you might have ran for a little bit and then it came back while you're on that mission trip in Mexico City. Ironically, providentially, I would say with the um, vocations director of the Dominicans <laughs> as your chaplain, um, what advice and what, yeah, what advice do you have for especially younger students, college students and everything that might be feeling that call to a vocation but are afraid and are running. Um, how do you open your heart up to actually hear clearly? Well, my first suggestion would be to take time for silence because the world can be so noisy, uh, mm. especially like uh, technology can be such a distraction. Now, I'm not against technology. It's great. Mm. I, I use it all the time, especially for classes and things. Yeah. But you have to also be able to put that aside at a certain point, uh, because mm -hmm. God is going to speak to you in those, those silent moments of prayer and contemplation. Um, so to make regular time for, for that silence uh, and prayer is, is so crucial. Um, that's when God's really going to work in, in your heart. Mm. And then also tied with that is just the importance of frequenting the sacraments. Um, I think, for example, uh, regularly going to confession can be such a help because you're receiving that, that sacramental grace each time you, you, you confess your sins to the priest and receive absolution, mm -hmm. which then can help us to like, overcome any sinful tendencies or like, stumbling blocks within, our, within ourselves that can uh, prevent us from following that, that call, that vocation. Mm -hmm. And then tied with that, of course, is... Uh, receiving the Eucharist often, because in receiving the Eucharist, we're united to Christ and to his, his sacred humanity, and through that, we're united to the Trinity. It's, it's a foretaste of, of heaven and the beatific mm. vision. And so it's in those moments especially where, where God is going to work in us. Um, and, yeah, allowing God to, to work in us and to, to remove those, those stumbling blocks, as it were, um, it, it, it takes time, but it also takes, takes trust in what he's going to do. Amen. Amen. Hmm. Yeah, I think uh, one thing that comes to mind with that is just, you know, a lot of the times, I mean, particularly, I'm, I'm thinking back through even like my life and time going through silent retreats, trying to keep an open heart and everything. There's so many things that we grow attached to. Like this is the idea that I've had my whole life of where I'm going to be. Um, yeah, that surrender that needs to take place that happens in the silence. Um, what were some obstacles that you had when you were coming in through your vocational discernment? You know, things that might have gotten in the way of you saying yes. And how did you overcome those obstacles with the grace of God? Well... I think the, the first obstacle was getting over my own stubbornness and the, the desire to stay where I was or to do what I wanted and realizing that, well, okay, God has a plan for me. Um, it may not be what I imagined at first. Um, like, maybe middle school was like, I want to get married. It's like, well, no, God has a, a greater plan in store. Or in college, it was like, I want to study physics and math so that I can do uh, research in whatever mm. field. It's like, well, no. I'm going to study sacred things now so that I can preach for the salvation of souls. So, yeah, getting over my own stubbornness and what I wanted to do, that was the, the first obstacle. After that, I would say, um, well, 
I've been pretty, uh, God has been good to me in, in that, like, once I was able to open up to what, what God was uh, going to do in my life, um, there were a lot of people who were supportive and, and helped me along the way. And in a certain way, it was, was easy after, uh, after a certain mm-hmm. point. Um, of course, the entire time, it was like, again, getting over my own stubbornness. Like, okay, I'm not <laughs> going to be a diocesan priest, but God is calling yep. me to religious life. Uh, Amen. To, to vow poverty, chastity, and obedience. Mm. And then another hurdle is like, okay, and I'm going to join the, the eastern province of the Dominican, so I'm going to be away from my family for, for most mm. of my ministry, um, which took some conversation with my family initially, uh, but they, they were definitely supportive. Uh, mm. Yeah. And I think also that- a, great, a great help has been that um, I have an uncle who's a, a diocesan priest for the Fargo Diocese. Mm. And so when I brought up the, the prospect of a vocation and later of a religious vocation to my parents, my, my dad just totally understood because his brother had gone through the same sort of formation. Mm. So, wow. Yeah. That's, That's amazing. I really love what you said about letting go of your expectations of what your vocation is and kind of getting detached from whatever conception it is of how, you know, you're going to serve God, but really letting the Holy Spirit work through you. Um, Mm-hmm. That's hard. <laughs> yeah. I think one thing that comes to mind, it's kind of a thread of question that's been on my heart and my mind today is, what advice would you give to parents right now in how to encourage that openness to vocation? You know, what advice would you give from you receiving that in a very healthy way from your parents? How can parents help their children be open to where God is truly calling them? Hmm. I would think that, well, first of all, you just have to be able to talk about these things as a family. Mm-hmm. Um, like, have those sorts of open conversations. Um, and certainly, like, be encouraging of religious vocation or of a vocation to the priesthood. Like, sometimes that encouragement is, is what can really get uh, a young person moving along that path mm-hmm. if they're kind of being stubborn. Um, I know some, uh, I received encouragement from certain key people in my life, and that certainly helped me along the way. Mm. Um, but yeah and then also just realizing that maybe what you had planned for your child uh, might not be what God had planned Mm. so yeah uh, just being open to whatever God is going to do Um, there's a uh, one friar has has always said that it's it's people who don't jockey for what they want uh, are the happiest in, in the Dominican life and I think that's you can extend that to this as well. It's the, the people who are open to what God is calling them to that are the happiest. Mm. Wow. Thank you so much, brother. Wow. Well, brother, just know of our prayers during your ordination tomorrow, and thanks for thank being you. on with us today. Sure, it's sure. It's a gift. Yeah, thank you for having me on. Absolutely. All right. Well, we're winding up the show for today. Um, Trez, could you tell us what's coming up tomorrow? Yeah, so on the next Real Presence Live, that'll actually be on Monday from 9 to 11 a.m. Central. Hosts Brad Gray and Brandon Clark will be coming to you live from the Fargo studio. Janelle Gergen from the Diocese of Crookston will share about her new role at the diocese. And Mary Hanbury from the Diocese of Fargo will share some pilgrimage ideas for Lent. All that and much more is coming up on the next Real Presence Live. 
That's Monday from 9 to 11 a.m. Central. Back to you. Awesome. Thanks, Tris. All right, Dylan, what are your thoughts as we wrap up the show? Wow. Um, it's been a loaded morning. <laughs> what a great morning. What a great Holy Spirit-filled morning. Um, my thoughts. Wow. Like I shared earlier, just that string of vulnerability and the honesty and taking courage. And I think just even applying that to what Cody was talking about, the consistency mm-hmm. in prayer, right? It's what we're doing here with Focus on the college campus is trying to build like that reality and that foundation for lifelong Catholic missionary discipleship through God's love. And that starts with prayer, not only in college students, but in everyone. Like if you're 70 years old and you're not spending time with Jesus every day, just start spending time with Jesus because that's what we are made for. You know, paragraph Mm. one of the catechism says that God infinitely perfect and blessed in and of himself in a plane of sheer goodness created us to share in his own blessed life. We're created to receive the love of God. We're created to be fulfilled by God. And like Cody said too, we overcomplicate it so often, you know, like, (laughs) can it be really that simple that I can just sit down and stare at the crucifix for five minutes and like embrace that mystery of the cross? And what, what, what better of a time to do that than during Lent, Absolutely. um, as we journey into the desert. So how about you, Teresa, any thoughts that you have that have been standing out today? And yeah. Yeah. Um, just the thought of like active discernment mm. really and like whatever whatever it is like charles was saying two hours after he got off his dating fast he asked <laughs> he asked the girl you know genesis um and just you know really following through with whatever the holy spirit is placing on mm. your heart because you don't know where the lord is mm. leading you so just vulnerability with that mm. but amen in order to discern you got to take some action yes you know? <laughs> <laughs> yes move forward and look around is what mm. my brother says that's so. awesome Praise God. Awesome. Well, thanks, y'all, for joining us today. Um, It's such a blessing to have you, and have a wonderful Lenten Friday. Mm, Keep enjoying that journey out into the desert with our Lord. Amen. (laughs) God bless you guys. This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast any time of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence Radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live. Local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.